It is 25 minutes after 3 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Nixon Kadembo, African affairs commentator, also works for Channel Africa. Nixon Kadembo helps us understand the ongoing violence in the Democratic Republic of Congo. This as the rebel attacks in the country's Ituru province has forced more than 500,000 people to flee their homes. Nixon now joining us on the line. Nixon, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Good afternoon, Aldrin. Good afternoon to SFM listeners. Let's start off here. Who is Kodeko? Yeah, Kodeko is a rebel group that emerged just a few years back, Cooperative for Development of the Congo, so they call themselves. But it has come out to be one of the deadliest group because it is born out of some ethnic uh, uh, affiliations, um, mostly um, uh, 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 who, uh, groups that are in northeastern uh, Ituri province where they have engaged in the killings of civilians and, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And what what is it about the Democratic Republic of Congo that makes it so fertile where you find 120 rebel groups? Well, it's a level of uh, statelessness. Remember uh, when the first rebel group happened in 1996 uh, in the, during the chasing of dictator Mobutu Sese Seko, the kind of statisticians collapsed and uh, the army was almost non-existent after it was demolished during that particular rebel group that brought Lauren Kabila to power. Since then, there has been a disintegration of, of the statisticians and the current political setup is is born out of different rebel groups coming together leading up to the first election in 2006. So the Congo, in a way, at the moment, is a, is a state in the making, uh, whereas uh, uh, the country in the east has be- remained lowerlessness because mm. of uh, its natural resources, but also um, those profiteering from this lawlessness because we must understand elderly and the listeners war is business yeah and whoever is funding those different rebel groups with arms and ammunition uh, as well getting in return the natural resources that congo has had uh, this is why is perpetrating the war and this is why the war is not ending up until now mm. then what what is it then about the m23 if there are like 120 rebel groups that has given it that prominence yeah the m23 is given prominence because you recall the history of uh, rwanda's involvement in inside the drc and uh, the profiteering of rwanda from that particular mayhem and the drc rwanda becoming the first uh, uh, colton producer whereas it does not have the Colton mining inside Rwanda. All of those are coming from the DRS, including Rwanda building refinery in Kigali, whereas it does not have a gold mine in, in Rwanda. So it tells you how much. And you currently see what the M23A uh, have taken, uh, the areas that M23 taken, including areas such as Rubaya, known as the world capital of Colton. So this is where the entrance will become very critical and Rwanda will be, become blamed for that, given its support. And, and they, I'm not making up of my own design, according to the numerous UN reports. So out of that, various military officers, both within the Congo, outside the Congo, particularly in Rwanda and, and all to a certain extent Uganda as well, have been to a certain way funding these rebel groups and in return 
they get to sort of a way of channeling natural resources out of the Congo to get into these neighboring countries, namely Rwanda and Uganda, and therefore export it to the external markets, uh, EU, the Dubai, uh, and uh, the UAE, uh, and Qatar to a certain extent. And this is why, at the moment, now Qatar is kind of uh, signing the agreement with Kigali to, imp- to improve the, the, the airport in Kigali and the Bugesera airport. <laughs> in a way, they know that once the mineral resources are looking just the next door, they just get on the next plane and they are in Qatar uh, and, and, and the Middle East. So it's a high, very complex situation, but it, uh, of course, uh, given the international geopolitics, mm. uh, one would never accept that these are, these are the things that are happening. But that, in a nutshell, what is happening. Those groups, the 120 plus, some are born out of self-defense by the Congolese population saying that we are suffering and we are fighting invaders, and some are born out of sheer greed uh, from uh, various uh, entities within Mm. the region. So so the clashes in Ituru as well as North Kivu, what's at the core of it? What is it that the people who are fighting are trying to achieve with the M23 you make a link to mineral resources with Ituru as well as North Kivu what could be the issue there with with Ituri it's mainly on mineral resources this is the place where you have alluvial gold and alluvial diamond where you can just dig about four meters underground unlike here in South Africa where you have to go about two kilometers underground Mm. the gold in Ituri by the way there are rivers such as the river uh, Kundelungu, if I'm not, uh, the river Kundelungu, if I'm not mistaken, where the, the Okapi, uh, this is in the Irumu region. The, the, the sands there is pure gold. And uh, you have military officers, including several armed groups who have kind of cordoned off such areas. So they keep on ex- extracting these resources and swindle out of the, out of the, of the country without paying tax, without a control. Uh, whatsoever. But interestingly, our neighbors next door are the one now becoming the uh, world producer of these mineral resources coming out of this conflict. That is one aspect. The current aspect now of the of the, the empty three rebellion, despite the the current uh, uh, claim for resources and I mean the, the the extraction for resources. Now we heard from President Paul Kagame himself saying that it is beyond. Uh, what they are claiming now, Rwanda seems to be claiming territory from the Congolese, our quote unquote, what used to be the uh, the Rwandan empire under the, the, uh, the various successive kings. And you will recall that President Kankame himself is from the lineage of the of, of the monarchy under the King Tigeri, uh, who was killed. Uh, uh, during in, in the 14th, I think 15th century, if my history, my history memory serves me well, uh, by the Bashi uh, around the Bukavu uh, and the Buhavu area, in just right next to in Eastern Congo, while uh, the monarch was trying to evade uh, those parts of the area. So there, there, there is a myriad of issues that can be talked into. One. Uh, the M23 was saying that they claim citizenship, whereas it is recognizing the Congolese constitution. Uh, two, uh, Rwanda went there that is seeking FDLR. Now, today, uh, Rwanda is saying that they claim territory that mm. belongs to Rwanda. 
uh, something that has been said in numerous occasions by James Kawarev, who is the advisor uh, to Rwandan President Paul Kagame on, uh, on the security affairs. So you see uh, the, the nexus between what is happening Kigali in terms of uh, political power, hegemonic power, including the quest for dominance of natural resources within the region, and now you have uh, this other dynamics of territorial claim uh, that Rwanda is yeah. uh, almost laying uh, from the DRC, something of which he said during his speech uh, in, um, in Benin while on a visit there. Thank you so much for your time. Nixon Katembo, the African Affairs commentator, also works for Channel Africa.